Welcome to Women Who Code Career Nav Podcast. Places where you're valued. Like you'll know in your gut if this is a place that you're valued and that aligns with your values or if this is a place that isn't going to be able to accept you for who you are or doesn't see you for who you are. In the Women Who Code Career Nav segment of our show, you'll hear real world advice from people who are currently working in the technology industry and personally know the steps needed to succeed. These talks will include both career advice as well as a look at the industry itself and its practices. Hi everyone and welcome to this Women Who Code podcast episode. We have a very special guest today, but first let me introduce myself. I am Gracie Castaldi. I am the Director of Community at Women Who Code. And today I have Marta Aviles joining with us. Hi, Marta, and welcome. I will first introduce you. I will read your, read your bio, and then we will start with the questions. So Marta Aviles is a fractional CMO. Uh, she's a speaker and has helped raise over $350 million in capital, build five marketing teams and functions from scratch, and helped drive over 160 revenue growth during her executive tenure across four different companies. Marta is a second-generation immigrant who blazed her own trail throughout her life and her career. Her parents moved from Nicaragua only one week before she was born in Miami in 1980. Her background and life experiences laid the foundation for her resilient spirit, bold determination, and her natural ability to build diverse teams. Her passion projects include volunteering and mentoring elementary school children from low socioeconomic backgrounds, mentoring women, and creating safe spaces to discuss the challenges of being a person of color and or and only in the workplace. Uh, hi, Marta. Thank you so much for joining today. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So while I was reading your profile in your bio, I was very inspired and I could also relate with your story. I am from Mexico. I live here in Mexico. And um, I saw that you were uh, mentioning in, in a part of your bio that your dad was an inspiration for, for, for you in your career. And um, I can relate to that. It was also my experience. So first of all, let's start with uh, what was your childhood like? If you can share some of it with us and what first inspired you about STEM and when did you think about making it a career? Sure. Um, I mean, we, uh, my childhood, we moved a lot actually. So I've lived in Texas and in Florida and in California. Um, and my dad is an engineer and I don't know about other children of immigrants, but in my house, it was very much like a, you had to be a lawyer, doctor, or engineer. Like those were pretty much your only choices, according to my parents. Um, so my dad was always pushing me into engineering. And while I knew that engineering wasn't for me after I took some coding classes and things like that, I work in tech uh, because I feel like I just grew up around it and it, I'm very comfortable with it. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, can you talk about the intersection of marketing and tech and how that's played a role in your career over the years? Sure. Yeah. Well, I've always been, so I live in Austin, Texas. Austin is known for like its tech startup scene. I, um, so I always wanted to work in tech. I would say that, um, the great thing about marketing is that everybody needs it. And really what you need to do is understand your customer and their pain points and, you know, how you can drive awareness about your brand and your products. Um, the other cool thing that I've seen over the last, you know, 20 plus years is that marketing is definitely evolving. So we've become 
more tech focused. And there's so many great tools out there for marketers to be able to measure what they do and um, what they have, you know, in, in market and all of that. So it's been really fun to see those two things cross over. But I've been in high tech for a long time. And now I feel like marketing has gotten very high tech. Of course, I've also seen with our members and our different communities that it's not only tech anymore, not only coding and programming, but we are incorporating marketing and some other areas as well, because it's all related in the end. Yeah. Um, yes. And also something else that we get asked a lot is about academia. And I know you have some experiences there. Can you tell us what were your experiences in academia and why did you end up deciding to go for your MBA? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think uh, just education is important. I'm a lifelong learner. I love learning. Um, and I thought I wanted to be a CEO. <laughs> I say thought because I don't know, you know, I, I could still be a CEO one day, but I'm not as um, set on it. And uh, I figured that my MBA would help me uh, tremendously. I also am very aware of my skin tone and, and my hair color and that sort of thing. And I just felt like getting an MBA was a way to um, buy a card that if I ever needed to play it, you know, I could play it. People respect Macomb's uh, University of Texas Business School. And so that's why I decided to go there and get my MBA. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And then you continued with tech, tech companies over the years, right? So you, since you yeah. started, so what is it that continued to draw you to tech companies over the year? Were, uh, were there some projects or accomplishments that you want to share that you are particularly proud of? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things, but first I'll just back up to, you know, I grew up, my dad was an engineer and he, like, this was in the, you know, mid nineties, we had like multiple computers in our homes and we were not well off by any means. It was just that our dad was an engineer and he was like building his own computers and, and that sort of thing. And so we had to learn technology because of him, uh, -uh. you know, it was just always around us. And so I was wanted to work in a tech company, right? I grew up in the late nineties. It was the dot-com time. All, you know, everybody was talking about tech. Uh, so um, yeah, I've stayed in it. I would say some accomplishments that I'm really proud of is one, just the teams that I've built. I feel like I'm really good at building um, marketing teams that drive revenue for the company and, and build the brand. So I'm really proud of that. Um, I also have done some really cool voice of the customer program. So highlighting our customers um, stories and how they've leveraged uh, products and solutions from the companies that, I, that I've been at. And then uh, just being able to drive a lot of brand awareness over the years through different channels for the companies, whether it's podcasts or byline articles or media interviews or, you know, um, the customer testimonials, what have you. So those have been some some of the fun things I've been able to do. Wow, thank you so much for sharing. Um, and thank you also for mentioning before about the color of your skin and your um, hair, uh, because many of us are here because of that. Um, I, I volunteer for this to hear from you and learn from you. And we have many members in Latin America and also Latinas and Latinos living in the US. So I'm sure they will want to hear more about your experiences as a Latina. Can you tell us what are some barriers that you've had to overcome as a Latina first gen in technology? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that, I mean, high tech and startups and the companies that I've worked in, first of all, it's difficult to go in and be the only 
person there that looks like you or has your, your background. I haven't known, I think the number might still be zero actually, uh, any other Latin American um, female executives. Like I just haven't seen them in the workplace. So I would say one is your own personal barrier of feeling intimidated by that. I realize that it's intimidating. I've been doing it for a long time. I still get uh, scared and intimidated, but I would encourage everyone to like not let people um, take your power away from you and like, you know, just embrace who you are and do the best you can do. Uh, I think that the world is changing and make sure to advocate for yourself and find advocates, but it is challenging when you're the only person of, you know, that skin tone or, or gender or what have you. Uh, I would also say it can be challenging to feel like you fit in, right? Obviously that's the other side of that coin, but you have to just feel as comfortable as you can with yourself and try to be as confident as you can. And I don't always advocate to fake it until you make it, but sometimes you have to do that as well. That's true. Yes. Thank you so much for that. I, I think many people will relate to that. We'll take your tips and advice. Um, let's talk about bias. Can you share some example of systemic bias that you encountered? And conversely, can you share any experiences with, where you or someone you knew overcame bias? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say just in general, being a, a woman, the bias that I see all the time is that typically we're looked at as the ones that worry too much or care too much or show too much emotion. But I don't know that that's necessarily true. Men show emotions as well and uh, they can get angry, but it seems like, <laughs> you know, uh, that's okay. It, society accepts it a little bit more and they don't necessarily accept um, all of the emotions that they get from women. I would also just say as being a, a Latina in tech, I feel like I can't ever get angry. Like it's not an emotion that I'm allowed to get angry um, at work because of the stereotype of people are like, oh, you're a spicy Latina or, you know, just like being angry is not something that I'm afforded, I think. Um, I think those biases are hard. I won't say that I've overcome them as like a blanket statement um, because I think biases are on the other person, right? You have to remember that it's there is implicit bias, right? I, I totally agree with that, but I think it's the other person's bias uh, against you, towards you, whatever. And so what you can do is just um, be as measured as you can be. And I, I really focus on trying to respond versus reacting. That's something that has really, really helped me. Um, but also like go and go to places where you're valued. Like you'll know in your gut if this is a place that you're valued and that aligns with your values, or if this is a place that isn't going to be able to accept you for who you are or doesn't see you for who you are. And, and don't second guess that because there are too many times where we will try to fit ourselves in a certain mold and try to be what's something that we're not. And like, that's not helpful or healthy for anyone. And so that's what I would say, right? Like, I, I don't know that I've can say I can, I've overcome that bias forever because, you know, it just depends who I meet on the other side of the table, but I do my best to be a professional and, um, go to places where I'm valued. And like I said, something that really helped me, I've had coaches and therapy and all, all kinds of stuff is learning how to respond versus react. Because sometimes I feel like in the moment I have to react and you don't have to react. Actually, you can take time to respond. So that would be my advice. 
Of course, yes. I think you need to be flexible and adapt to the situation as well. So I really like that you mentioned that. Okay, now, so um, you mentioned how can we um, do it personally, but then what can tech companies do about this? How can tech companies do better about supporting and empowering people from underrepresented groups? Yeah, well, one thing I would say is just hiring from more diverse groups. And diversity doesn't just have to be, you know, your skin tone or your gender. It could be location, you know, someone from Mexico versus someone from the US, what have you. It's all about the different experiences. And I think the more diverse your team is, the better off your company will be. I also think having training for everyone in the organization, but especially managers and the executive team about diversity and inclusion and how to create a safe space of belonging, allowing people to push back, right? Like if you want people to bring their whole selves to work and bring their whole experiences to work, you want to make sure that people feel safe enough to raise their hand to say, I have a comment or I, um, you know, I have an idea that might not be typical to what everyone else is thinking, but sometimes those are the best ideas. Um, and then I'm an introvert actually. So I do these podcasts one to like for my selfishly, so I can like learn to get out of my shell a little bit. So I would say if you manage introverts, for example, make sure to sometimes just say, Hey, what do you think? You know, make, go back and get their feedback if they're not participating in a meeting. Just because they aren't the loudest person in the room doesn't mean that they don't have great ideas. And so finding those styles that work to build a, a, to build the best team and like get the best out of people. That's what I would recommend. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And I think it really depends on the leadership, the leaders of the company. What are they doing? What example are they giving? Um, and that brings me to my next question, which you already touched a bit on that. What was your experience moving into leadership roles? And what advice would you give to others moving into a position like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I would say it was tough, right? I uh, coming, you know, when your parents are immigrants, they just teach you to work really hard. And like when you've worked really hard, you can keep working harder. I mean, there's really no other answer other than like keep working harder. And um, as I grew up in, in the tech world and I realized sometimes it wasn't just the hard work, right? Like I'm a hard worker. I, I'm a very dedicated um, kind of work ethic person, but I think it takes people to champion for you and to advocate for you and you have to advocate for yourself, right? So like make sure that you're writing down your accomplishments, things you've achieved, where it is that you want to go and have those conversations with your manager proactively, even if they aren't asking you, right? So what is it that you want to, the next level that you want to meet? How do you want to get there? And let's say that you want to be a vice president and and um, no one's really given you the chance or offered you the chance. You can sit down with your manager and say, what would it take to be a vice president? And make that list, make it a plan. Like, okay, if in six months I can meet X, Y, and Z goals, can this happen and start having those conversations, even if it's uncomfortable, I think it's super helpful. I love that advocating for yourself. And also what you said before, working on your own biases. Um, that's very, very helpful. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, and let's talk about technology because we are all here because our passion <laughs> for technology. So what do you think is really exciting right now about technology? anything coming up, anything happening right now? I mean, I think the AI wave is really interesting. Like there are so many people that are starting to lean on it more. And 
it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves. Is it just a tool for like frameworks and certain content, or is it truly going to, um, you know, replace people's jobs? I, I hear people talking about that. So I think that's interesting. I would say the other thing is that I feel like the economy, the industry, all of it is at this pivotal point where there's a lot of emerging technology and there's always been a lot of emerging technology, but between like blockchain and NFTs and AI, there's a lot of things emerging and to see how those are going to evolve and if there's some that are going to fizzle out or what have you, I think that's going to be a really fun, you know, interesting ride. I think it's the evolution has continued to speed up as technology has advanced. And so I think some of these things can evolve very, very quickly. And then others, it, you know, I don't know if, they'll come to fruition or not. Awesome. Yes, I agree. And then do you have anything to add about mixing technology and marketing since that is your um, yeah. experience and, field? Yeah. I, what I would say is, and this is not like a sponsored anything. What's really cool about marketing is we're starting to be able to track things like dark social and the dark funnel. So understanding buyer behavior, but before the buyer has opted in to receive marketing emails or, you know, is it has gotten your cookies and stuff like that. So I, yeah, I think it's really fascinating. Um, this tool, Sixth Sense, that's what I was going to say. Sixth Sense is a great uh, dark funnel tool. Things like that are super insightful for marketers and, uh, I love seeing how that's evolving. Of course, yes. I worked in user experience design for a long time, and I, I'm really interested in getting to know the user, right? Yeah. Or, or getting to know your customer uh, even more so you can offer something that's really for them. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, yes. Okay, so we have our last question. We always like to finish our episodes with um, this kind of question which is what advice do you have for other Latinas looking to break into the industry? Yeah. Um, I guess my biggest advice, and this is something that I wish I would have told myself. Um, I don't know if it's tech specific, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you this and then think about the tech angle of it. Um, it's just don't let anyone take away your power, right? Like even if it's an intimidating, even if you're scared, even if you're like, I don't know how to do this everyone started somewhere and just keep getting better. Like one, think of like 1% improvement daily. I always think of that to myself. Right. And, um, take a chance on things, even if it's scary, bet on yourself, uh, and try not to take your own power away to get into tech. There's a lot of different avenues, right? There's like academies and, and you can learn coding and there's coding camps and there's all kinds of things, but sometimes it's just finding, what's right for you? What can you do? So for example, I'm not someone who could sit and code. I just couldn't. My dad tried, like I took C plus plus classes and all that. And I was like, this is not for me. Um, but I like technology and I like to understand, uh, how it works. But then I realized I like talking to customers the most. And so that's how I ended up in marketing. Right. So find your angle. Um, just because you're not an engineer, doesn't mean that you're not in tech or not in STEM. And so, yeah, I would just say, find your angle. And then try to get in that way. Um, one of the things I did recently is I went to talk to elementary school children about um, women in STEM. And it was great to see, it was great to see these kids like uh, just learning all about technology. There was an engineer next to me actually, who um, did this great experiment with the kids about um, making a peanut butter sandwich. And what he was trying to prove is that computers 
are coded to do the things that they do. And so he was like, I'm going to be a computer. Tell me how to make this peanut butter sandwich. And like, no kid could actually get it to make the whole sandwich because he was being so literal, but he like taught them the importance of coding. Right. And this is like a low socioeconomic school. And I loved, I loved that example, but that's the thing. Like just there are different angles to get into tech and and keep trying. Yes, exactly. And as I told you in our communities, we have people from all different areas. Many of them are trying to get into tech by learning to code. But mm-hmm. I always I always tell them there are many ways on, on how they can get into tech, not only coding. Uh, so thank you for that. Thank you for sharing your experience. Uh, mm-hmm. That brings us to the end. So thank you so much, Marta, for sharing today. Anything else you want to share with our members? Any mm-hmm. last words? No, I don't think so. Thank you for having me. But if anyone wants to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn and feel free to reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope to see you again in our future episodes. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website at www.womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on all socials at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Women Who Code, with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Thanks again for listening, and remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.